He has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. A proposed city logo unveiled, but did it feel the welcome? Plus, Sarah Gonzalez from the Spring Hill Bakery tells us everything we need to know about her next chapter. Then it's the Big Three with Carrie Price. We talk about our favorite local autumnal activities. These stories and more, including a fun quiz about the sounds of Spring Hill. All right, giddy up. Let's do this thing. You're listening to Price's Highway, presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That's 615-497-3317. Now back to the podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 3 of Price's Highway, the podcast. If you listen to the very end of Episode 2... <laughs> huh. What's so funny? People listen to the end of my podcast. Right? Maybe not. But if you did listen to the end of Episode 2, I told you all that... Corey Smith, a.k.a. The Yard Boy, was going to be on this episode. Well, that's not happening. Sorry, Corey. Uh, You got bumped to the next episode or uh, an episode beyond here. Uh, Not because I don't like Corey. Don't get me wrong. He's a good guy. It's just that soon after I put the podcast out, we got word that Sarah Gonzalez at the uh, Spring Hill Bakery, it's a very iconic community gathering spot, the Spring Hill Bakery is, Uh, she announced that they were actually going to be closing down their storefront operations. So what I did was I got on the phone and I asked her, hey, when you all are finished, take a day, but I'd love to have you on the podcast. Just to, you know, tell everybody what led up to this decision, go into more detail about that, and to tell us what's next for you all. And she did. So she was here recently, and you will hear that interview. You don't want to miss that. Have you ever stepped outside just to take in the sounds around you? Well, if you're like most folks, you're probably too busy to take the time to take it all in. So I thought it'd be fun to prepare yet another quiz just to see how tuned into the sounds around you, you actually are. We'll call it Know Your Sounds of Spring Hill. Hey, we got music for it. Okay, again, it's a quiz on the sounds of Spring Hill. All right, sound number one. Let's do this. Okay, do we need to do it one more time? There it is. All right. The sound you hear here is A, a man stuck in rush hour traffic, B, a Civil War soldier ready to fight, or C, Alderman Dan Allen... Warming up for a BOMA meeting. All right, sound number two. Let's roll that sound. Oh, yeah, somewhat familiar. The sound you... All right, yeah, still going. Okay. Nice. There we go. Beautiful. Okay. 
That sound is A, a local neighborhood's fireworks display on the 4th of July, B, a local neighborhood's fireworks display on New Year's Day, or C, a local neighborhood's fireworks display on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right, it looks like we've got another sound here. Sound number three. Roll that sound. Did you hear that? The celebration you hear in this sound is A, a successful ribbon cutting at an area business, B, happy parents after a kindergarten performance, or C, the noise that happens every time I leave a Spring Hill establishment. All right, sound number four. Number four. This one shouldn't be too hard because there's only two answers. Let's do that sound one more time. Got a 50-50 chance on this one. All right, the sound you hear now is A, a trumpet player warming up, or B, too much Tito's. All right, sound number five, or as we say at Tito's, numero cinco. All right, that is A, construction work along Duplex Road, B, crews working at the crossings, or C, a confused bulldozer driver tearing down a perfectly good house. All right, sound number six. It's a tad creepy, but here it is. This sound is A, a neighbor's angry dog, B, a hungry man's growling belly, or C, Actual sound from footage of Newport Royal Taco Bell employees in action sped up 3,000%. All right, and now it's time for Price's Headlines. It's been more than three weeks since GM workers have been on strike. Meanwhile, General Motors still needs to produce cars. So, corporate leaders are now turning to science for answers. The GM plant will now attempt to meet its high demands through photosynthesis. The underperforming plant will use the sun's rays to convert light energy into chemical energy that can later be released to fuel the plant's activities. The duplex road widening project hit yet another snag earlier this week. When its brand new elastic pants got caught on a nail sticking out of one of the utility poles. The colder weather has finally arrived, and you're probably wondering just how chilly it is here in the Spring Hill Metroplex. Well, it's so chilly that rumored resident Vanilla Ice was recently seen bundling up. All right, and now the real headlines. Let's go to Chris Yao, the managing editor of the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station. Advertiser News, this is Chris. Chris, hey, it's Steve Price. How are you? Oh, man, doing great. How are you doing? Oh, doing good as well. What is going on out in Spring Hill? Oh, I don't know. I just uh, drove through Spring Hill over the weekend and saw all these signs out there. and it's, uh, I'm not sure what exactly it was, but apparently there's a podcast in town. Um, <laughs> you saw the signs, did you? I, I, saw, I saw all the signs. There's, there, there were about 45, so I don't see how anybody missed them. In fact, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in the news right now because I've been busy putting out signs and picking them all up. 
is that one of the, is that one of the fake news headlines were so good this week? <laughs> well, uh, good is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Well, I'll tell you, we got a, a lot of great real headlines. Um, matter of fact, Monday night at the uh, most recent board of mayor and alderman meeting, uh, the city was presented the final, I guess, present, presentation for the branding effort that uh, cost the city $66,000, and a lot of people were a little upset about it. And uh, afterwards, I think the, uh, the, there were still a lot of people upset uh, due to what we saw and what we were presented. Um, the, the firm presented a logo and um, a motto along with a bunch of great information. And let me start by saying this. The information collected by the, by, by the group was very important and it's very useful telling the city what the citizens of Spring Hill actually want. And I think that's important. Yeah. And that being said, what they presented for a potential logo and motto, I just don't think it hits the mark. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see what we're talking about, but it's a uh, the logo with, uh, it looks like a fence with an opening. Um, and then under that, it says Spring Hill, Tennessee, with a bit of an arch. And then straight across, um, you see the words, feel the welcome, period. Feel the welcome. And I just... Uh, Nobody felt the welcome last night, apparently. <laughs> I don't think so. And I, I really think that this is... The, I think they just missed the mark. Uh, again, yeah, the information too. collected was fantastic. And it's going to be a great going forward. But I think we have to go back to the drawing board. Because honestly, you know, like a lot of people are saying on Facebook, it, offense makes you feel like you're constrained. And I understand that there are, you know, city limits, and then we have the opening at the fence with no gate, so that anyone can may come and go as they please, and we, you know, we welcome anyone to do that. I understand it, but I don't think it conveys what they really want to put out there. I think this is just a poor execution of a good idea. Uh, I think he. I think they're right. I think people in Spring Hill do love other. You know, they they're more than welcome to invite. You know, new people, um, so long as they don't have to build a new house for them. Uh, you're only allowed to to move in and feel welcome if you buy a house that's already built. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just judging by the Facebook comments of all the development, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, the Facebook went nuts last night and uh, I'm sad to say and to report that I was part of that problem <laughs> well it's not a problem when you're voicing a, a a real opinion and several aldermen last night were upset you know they, they didn't see this beforehand and I think that's not a, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing that it just because it wasn't in the packet doesn't hurt my feelings because I think getting an authentic reaction, at the meeting is about as transparent as you can get. And uh, Matt Fitterer's reaction was awfully transparent. And I absolutely think that he did a good job conveying that he was not particularly happy with the result. And I don't think there are a lot of people who aren't. And I'm okay with that. Uh, 
honestly, I don't, I don't love it. And that's, I think that's really where a lot of people stand. They say, man, $66,000 and this is what we got. Uh, but it's not, it's not what they got for $66,000. There was a lot of stuff that went into that project. And I want people to understand that it's a very detailed project. There was a lot of great information and we're going to use that information going forward to find out what businesses we want to attract and what developments we want to attract and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, you know, it's really kind of give and take right now, but I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm interested to see how the uh, board reacts and, uh, and they're voting uh, at the next meeting. So that should be interesting. I'm really just, uh, I'm, I'm curious and I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And you say that because I mean, nobody has to be married to this logo right now. It hasn't been voted on and they can say, Hey, you know what? It kind of, you know, in our opinion, it missed the mark a little bit. Let's go back to the drawing board and let's do something else. But this information that, you know, you have got from the community is data we can use for many, many years. And there's value to that. Absolutely. Well, I hear there was a little festival going on this weekend, something with pigs and, bacon and all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, absolutely, man. Let me tell you, the whole hog fest was a blast. I got there pretty early about uh, 11 o'clock and we had such a good time. Paulina Jane was on stage. I saw bad dog band, uh, visited all the food trucks, got some really cool pictures of, of kids playing in the, uh, the kids zone and the, the bouncy houses and the, the horse races and the petting zoo, just a great time. And one of the, one of the most, you know, composite and, you know, it, it, I want to say the craft fair part of it, there was a lot of different things. There were, you know, artwork, there were boutiques, there were people who, you know, made wooden tables. It was just, it was a collection of so many different unique vendors. And that's something that, you know, sometimes you'd miss at craft fairs. And yeah. yeah. So it was really cool to see a lot of different style vendors instead of just one one thing being sold by 10 different people. Um, I just spoke with Shelly Sasson, executive director of The Well, and she said they raised more than $40,000. Wow, way uh, to go. Which is insane. Way to go, Spring Hill. Look at you. Spring Hill showed up and showed out. They uh, estimated about 6,500 people came through the door. And... Um, you know, that's a big deal. It really, you know, what that money is going to be used for, according to Shelly, will be pantry needs, expanding their jetpack program, which is the, the backpacks that they give to children who don't, who are on free and reduced lunches. Uh, they give them food for the weekend. So they're going to expand that into other schools and then they're going to hire um, additional staff to help facilitate these new things that they're going to be able to do due to this um, influx of money. So I expect that this uh, event will be, uh, will carry on for many, many years. We're really excited about it. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to have uh, fantastic music acts uh, like High Valley who headlined the show. And it was just a really good time. Um, I'll tell you, two of the, I got a chance to eat off of a whole hog, which is super cool where they just, reach in there and grab some pork and throw it on both, oh you know, oh and it was delicious. But let me tell you what was the best part. They oh, yeah. had a food truck 
where you could get a waffle cone stuffed with peach cobbler, blackberry cobbler, any kind of whatever cobblers they had and a scoop of ice cream on top. Yeah. Or I personally had a banana pudding milkshake. What? My goodness. A banana pudding milkshake. It was ice cream with like two scoops of like good banana pudding, not like jello. I'm talking like homemade banana pudding. Some whipped cream on top, a couple vanilla wafers, just insane. Have mercy. Now, you know, I was at the uh, Banana Pudding Festival out in Centerville this weekend, and we didn't Wait. have such things. <laughs> you went to the Banana Pudding Festival, and I got to eat banana pudding. <laughs> banana pudding was the, uh, as a matter of fact, let me just say this, because I went to my family reunion on Sunday, and my mom always makes the banana pudding, and everyone always raves about it. I've had, boy, banana pudding weekend. It's uh, the first weekend in October. We're going to, can we petition the government? <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. When you eat your banana pudding, do you prefer it warm or cold? I'm a warm banana pudding guy if I'm going to eat just banana pudding. Okay. See, I like the cold. I like uh, a chance for the flavors to congeal a little bit. And uh, yeah, I enjoy my banana pudding a little on the chilly side. Well, you know, to eat their own. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure as always. Now, talk to you next time. All right. See you next time. Thanks so much. And as always, I'd like to thank the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station for being Price's Highway, the podcast media sponsor. All right. Going to take a quick break now and talk about Price Sells Homes, our presenting sponsor. Carrie Price and I were able to go and tour a new neighborhood recently. It's called Harvest Point. It's in southwest Spring Hill, and they've got brand new homes. And they are just building away. Got this cottage-style home that's very popular. And several home builders, very popular home builders. And they are building in the low twos for townhomes and the high twos for single-family homes. The master plan amenities are incredible. When completed, homeowners will have access to miles of walking trails, a resort-style swimming pool, community gardens, and dog parks. You know, it's located right by Spring Hill Middle School. And here's the good news. In 2020, the Saturn Parkway extension is going to go really close to this place. So you can bypass all the Prices Highway congestion and go straight home. How cool is that? So if you'd like more information about this hidden gem of a neighborhood called Harvest Point, don't think twice, call Carrie Price right now at 615-497-3317. That number again is 615-497-3317. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past couple of weeks, you know that an iconic bakery recently closed its doors. Well, sort of. The storefront may not be a thing of the past, but the future is looking bright for Sarah Gonzalez, the owner, as she takes what she's learned from running this small business to her new role. She dropped by recently to talk about it all. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen... Sarah Gonzalez is here in Prices Highway Studio. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's been quite a week for you, hasn't it? A, a little bit, a little bit. Tell me about it. Uh, well, um, I don't know if you've heard, but we ended up closing the storefront part of Spring Hill Bakery this week. Now, why did you do that? Uh, well, health scare, and also it kind of just made us re-examine the path that we were going on, really. I felt like it was time to kind of readjust and 
make our quality of life a little bit better. And also just, we were finding that it was just not really a sustainable way to do business. So what happened? Uh, well, um, I kind of worked myself to a point to where I wasn't really able to function, I guess. Um, I ended up going to the emergency room. I staggered out of the kitchen one day, sat down, and my staff said, there was something wrong with her. She's got to go. So um, Corey ended up driving me to the emergency room, and they thought I was having a stroke. Um, and uh, just the whole time I was in the hospital, it just felt like um, I don't need to be – I don't need to be sacrificing myself to this point. And when the doctor said you cannot continue running your business the way that you are, we don't want to see you again. 36 is too young to be in this sort of situation and, and, and to, you know, to be this um, close to a stroke, it's not safe for you. Like you need to reexamine your life. You need to reexamine your, the way that you're operating because you, you are going to come back if you keep going the way you are. Somebody came in and kind of saved the day, the last day of work, correct? Uh, yes, yes, she did. And it was, I mean, it made me cry. Let's just say that it was, it was amazing that she came back, but yeah, we can get, we can, we can get to that at the end. Okay. Yeah. We got a little heavy, you know, so sorry, sorry about that audience. I hope you're not out there just, you know thinking that this isn't going to be lighthearted because it is. It's going to oh be lighthearted. Oh my gosh, it was, they were tears of joy. It was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So it was, it was great. It was really, really wonderful. But Okay, so you've been in Spring Hill for how long? Uh, four, actually almost five years. All right, what brought you to Spring Hill? We had really wanted to get out of the California um, kind of culture for a really long time. It was just so fast paced. And so we uh, came to Nashville on vacation to see if it, might be possible that we'd want to move out here and we ended up putting an offer in on a house and they accepted while we were on vacation so we had to go back and tell our families that we were moving 2,000 miles away some were happy some weren't but they got over it um yeah so we just kind of picked up and moved across the country who does that uh I guess we do. We do. We do, we do <laughs> no. a whole lot of cliff jumping. I gotta say. So, so, so when you saw that house, was like, oh, there's a house. There's everything's just falling into place. Or what was it about uh, when you came to Nashville? Like this is, or I guess Spring Hill. This has got to be. A, this is the place for us. Well, we had been looking at other communities and other areas of Nashville, and uh, we just found that Spring Hill was the place that we wanted to be. We had some friends that took us out to dinner, and it was in like it was the hottest week of summer. I like I can't believe that even at that point we were like, yes, we super want to move here. But they took us on a drive. We saw the lightning bugs, and they're like, they have magic that floats in the air here. We have to move here. So we, you know, we we started focusing in on looking at Spring Hill and worked with a real estate agent and. And we put a we put a, a few offers in on a couple of different houses. The one I wanted, unfortunately, we didn't get, um, which kind of plays into how everything sort of started with the bakery. But uh, yeah, it, it, we we ended up in a great house. Ava loved her school, and it was just supposed to happen. Awesome. How old is Ava now? She's fourteen, and she has always been a big help uh, in the bakery and. She has helped ever since the very beginning when we were back at the house in the kitchen. Uh, after she'd come home from school, she would be like, what are you doing? I want to help. So she would come in and scoop cookies for me, or I'd show her how to form a lot of the different yeast doughs and everything. And now 
um, or just, you know, up until recently, this entire summer, she made every single biscuit for every single shortbread, uh, short, shortbread that we did because I didn't do any of it. Like, she's just, really? she's that good. Wow. So I'm really proud of her. I'm really proud that she's wanted to kind of be a part of the family business and really sort of taking it on. But then again, she's a fifth generation baker, so it's kind of in her blood. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so when you're a fifth gen or you're a fourth generation baker, uh, what is that just something in your blood or is that something you just, you've just always been drawn to? Um, it's been said a couple of different times and I can't remember who it was that said it, but there is something to be said for growing up in the kitchen with uh, family members who cook and who bake and you just are kind of exposed to that at a very young age. Um, I think that some people have the knack for it. Other people either, you know, they, they, you either have a knack for it or possibly don't, or it's something that you can learn. I mean, you can always go to school for it. But I think that because some of my very first memories are of standing in the kitchen with my grandma and her being like, you're four, you can peel a carrot now. And it's like, that's a young age to be able to peel a carrot. But she just, that was just a part of what life was like. And you just, whenever you got to a certain age that you were, you had the motor skills to do it, you began to help with things. Right. So it was never not a part of my life. It's just always been, you know, cooking and baking and everything else has always been a part of my life. But you've kind of taken it to the next level, in my opinion. You, you're you a visual artist, yes. number one. Yes. And and you take that to the kitchen with you. Uh, yes, because food is art. Um, food is an expression of love. Food is what brings people together. Um, and fun fact, I was born at 8 o'clock in the morning, Thanksgiving Day. So if that's not destiny, I don't know what is. It is the day that family gathers together around the table and eats a feast. And for some reason, I was four days late and decided that that was the day that I needed to be born, apparently. And it's just sort of stuck with me that food brings people together. And the ultimate way that you can show someone that you love them is that you cook for them. You feed them. You nourish them. You are just caring for them in that way. And that's what you've been doing for Spring Hill for... Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are going to, you know, are going to miss that. I think they, yeah, I know there's, there's, there's positives and neg negatives to closing all of this up. And that's really what I started with is, you know, our, our whole kind of behind the scenes motto was breaking bread um, and being able to provide the bread in which people could break. And, you know, it, it is sad that I don't get to do that because every day going to work was like saying, here, I made this just for you. Um, and getting to the point to where we have where we have been in such high demand, you know, unfortunately, it's gotten to the point to where it's not sustainable. And it's gotten to the point to where I'm too exhausted to do everything I want to do. And it's negatively affecting my quality of life. And it's making it to where I'm feeling like I don't get to do anything else. Um, which I'm hoping that people can understand that, that when you create something and you own something and then you switch over to it owning you, that's where you kind of get that unhealthy thing. And I don't, I don't want to be unhealthy and I don't want to hate what I do for people. I want to continue to love it. And so this whole shift is making it to where I can continue to love what I do. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, they're not defined by what they do, but they define themselves by what they do. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because I, I feel like it, this is the first 
nickname that I have been given by somebody else, the bread lady. And I leaned really hard into it. And I'm like, yes, that is me. I am the bread lady. I am synonymous with Spring Hill Bakery. We are one in the same. So if Spring Hill Bakery ever ends, clearly the bread lady has to end too. And I wasn't ready for that. But in reality, the bakery doesn't define who I am. The bakery is something that I created. And if I created it, that means I can create so many other things because I feel like that's what I was born to do. I am a creator. That's who I am. And, uh, you know, so so I do still get to do bread because just because I'm closing this doesn't mean I, I no longer have those abilities. It means now I can share those things with other people in a new light, in a new way, and something that they can take home to their families and they can do the same thing. So it's very much a pay it forward kind of model. Yeah. And a lot of people know you from your storefront, but let's go back in time a little bit and talk about the uh, evolution of Spring Hill Bakery and the origins of it. Um, well, when we moved here, Corey was traveling back and forth for his business. And, and he, Corey is your husband. Corey is my husband. Yes. He was traveling back and forth. He started his own company when he was 17 and he, you know, was booming in California. So he found that because he was in the music industry and a lot of the, you know, branding and stuff that he could travel back and forth and live dually in both places. Well, while he was gone and I ran out of rooms to decorate, I decided, you know what? I'm going to bake. I'm going to bake and I'm going to feed people. So I love cooking and I love baking. Let's, let's, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bake for the farmer's market. And that's sort of how it started. And I'm like, I wonder if I can get paid for this. And then somebody spent $10 on a single loaf of bread. And I'm like, you know what? I have a business. I can totally do this. So signed up for the Spring Hill Farmer's Market back when it was on the front lawn of Ferguson Hall and went with my car and a table and a plastic tablecloth and as much bread as I could have made that 24 hours and set up and sold out the first day. Sold out? Yeah. Look and at then, you. And then it was like, well, cool. I guess I'm coming back next week. So then I made more. I spent two days baking at that point for the farmer's market and sold out again. So it was just kind of this thing where I'm like, you know what, I'll just do this for the summer. And then it turned into, no, I think we actually have a business. And it went from, you know, I figured I would take a month off and then I started getting more and more orders as we got closer to Christmas. Um, and the governor's executive chef sent me a message and said, Hey, can you bake for me? I need to have all these Christmas parties to do. And I'm like, wait, so you want me to bake bread for the governor's mansion? Like he's going to eat my bread? The governor of Tennessee. Yes, the governor of the state of Tennessee. <laughs> and it was like, it was it was so overwhelming. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to learn how to make new bread. So I was, a lot of, th a lot of times I was just sort of learning on the fly how to make all of these things to be able to meet whatever the demand was. And then, you know, the whole, you know, Ripavilla thing happened. We were there for a while. We ended up working. We, we opened Scout's Pub with our bread. We helped them open. We They designed a lot of their menu around breads that I created for them. Oh, where is that? Um, Scout's Pub is in West Haven. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So they're a part of uh, the Puckets and the A. Marshall Foods uh, thing. So we, we baked bread for them. We baked bread for... Um, homestead manor we just whatever it was that they said what what can you give us what what can you make and so i'd send you know i'd take a whole bunch of samples up to them and they said this is great we're gonna make menu items based off these items and i'm like that's awesome so at some point one of their chefs called me a chef which i 
would never have thought to call myself that. It kind of felt like that that was, it, it, it was, it was a sacred title that you just don't, you can't just start calling yourself a chef. You have to earn it. And at that point I felt like I had earned my place kind of in the culinary world because I didn't feel like I was there. I was just some schmo making bread. So we our, our time at Ripa Villa ended. We thought that we were going to be able to, uh, you know, convert our house into more of a kind of commercial thing that ended up not happening. So I kind of had to take a step back. But when we left, I didn't take a break. We immediately started baking for the farmer's market in Thompson Station like two days later. So I had 48 hours to bake, to make enough food to do the farmer's market. And we'd done it last year and we were making hundreds of things. So I had to try to match that. So of those 48 hours, I baked 36 of them, which wow. is crazy because it's really hard to take naps when your timers are on. Cause you, you know, you make as much as you can and you're like, okay, I got to take a nap. So it went from that to, you know, we, we, during all of that time, we were looking for a commercial space that wasn't Ripa Villa and, we weren't finding what we were looking for. Every deal was falling through, every single one. So we went through more than 30 different locations from everywhere from like the northernmost part of Spring Hill all the way down to Columbia, just trying to find some sort of production things that we could keep going. And when we weren't finding what we wanted, we we're like, are we supposed to do this? Are we hitting a dead end? I'm getting tired of doing it out of the house. This isn't sustainable and everything else. So um, eventually the place that we're at fell in our laps Um which is crazy because it was actually the very first place that we looked at. Of course. Of course it was. Yep. It was almost like God just went, here you go. This is for you. You can have this now. So we started renting. And then when we hit our one year mark, we celebrated by buying the building. So I own it. And it's been said a number of times that you don't own your business unless you own your building too. And so it was very important to own our building. Absolutely. As soon as we could. Yep. So, yeah. So it went from that. We did a full year. We won two different best of or you know best bakery awards which i i wasn't aiming to win awards i was aiming to create a product that people loved and i was aiming to have the best customer service we wanted to be the neiman marcus of bakeries in the city we thought that spring hill deserve that especially since there's so many people that come from so many different parts of the united states who live here now that they come in and they say oh my god you make real bread you're the only one who makes bread like this and you can see them with their homesickness and have that it doesn't feel like homesickness anymore now it's now it's like oh here's the thing i can i can have this and we gained a lot of customers through that kind of heart piece which is so important i think so well the cool thing is you own the shop. You own the building. Yes. And you're not going anywhere. No, I'm not. That's actually been a common misconception is we've had a lot of people who have asked, hey, who's your landlord or are you, gonna, are you still using the business? Can I buy it from you? I'm like, no, we're not done yet. We're totally not done yet. Um, I know that people can't get our, you know, our, our, our cinnamon rolls or breads or anything like that anymore from me. I'm not going to bake it for them, but that doesn't mean that I can't teach them to bake themselves. Oh, tell us about that. So I would love and am very much working on a bread classes, kind of like a, like a bread series, I guess, kind of like a master class. I'm not necessarily going to call myself a master. I think that's a little arrogant, but 
Um, I, I do want to create a bread series where you can come and you can learn how to make the artisan breads. You can learn the proper forming techniques for baguettes. Um, you can learn how to make my cinnamon rolls. If you take the class, you go home with my recipes. Um, this is not a conflict of interest. You just don't turn around and start your own bakery and use my recipes. That's against the law. But, um, but I would love for, for, to, to be able to create the opportunity for moms to be able to bake with their kids. So I want to do an entire mommy and me series. Um, Oh, that's really cool. I think that's a great idea. You know, it's just, it's kind of, I think that's really cool because I got to bake with my grandma. I got to bake with my mom and I know that some families along the way stopped passing on how to do those things, but that doesn't mean that we can't start anew. It doesn't mean that I can't be your pseudo 36 year old grandma and teach you how to make cinnamon (laughs) rolls with your daughter and, or, or son or whoever, and you can take it home. You guys can do it. That is now a way for you, for you to create memories with your own family. I think that's important. I think, I feel like that's almost a bigger heart piece than just me making you cinnamon rolls and you coming into the shop. So I want, I want people to feel like they are empowered to do it themselves. And I want to be able to give them the tools and the know-how and everything to be able to, to do that and be able to create their own tradition. In A lot of this was word of mouth. A lot of this was people coming tasting your product, loving it, and coming back. But everybody knows behind every good business, there's good marketing. Yes. And tell us about your marketing. Well, that would be Mr. Corey Gonzalez, who I'm married to. Actually, my last name is Gonzalez, believe it or not. Um, But yes, Corey has been the genius behind creating the business side of everything. He started his own business, like I said, when he was 17. And he has grown his marketing business and his, you know, promotional stuff and, and all of his coaching and consulting and just the way that he puts a business together is so amazing and his ability to do all the branding and everything we wouldn't even look half as good as we do if it weren't for him and everything that he's done for spring hill bakery everything from our logo and our brand and everything like that you know it's it's amazing to be able to be married to a business partner that has all of that know-how and everything but you don't have to be married to him to be able to benefit from that he actually does that for a job you can hire him and do that and for the record no he has never baked he has done dishes for me and the man is a saint because that is a chore among itself but he you know, everything that I don't know how to do because I don't consider myself a business person. I'm the artist. He's the business person. So he is the Desi to my Lucy. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to do even half the things I've been able to do if it wasn't for him. Awesome. And so there's going to probably be some marketing that goes along with this next venture you guys are yes. doing. And it involves TV cameras. Uh, yes, it's going to be a lot. Well, it's going to be a lot of different things, but, um, I am working on my own cooking show. Um, it's something that I have wanted to do forever. And I've always wanted to be Julia Child, even if it was just for a moment. And I got the opportunity last year to be able to do it. And now we're going to move forward kind of in, 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 in that direction, um, and I know Corey's going to be a big part of it. He's created uh, breadlady.tv, which is our, which will be the landing page for all of our videos. So you'll be able to see everything there, sign up for classes there and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, he, everything else that's on springhillbreakery.com will all be, you know, where you can go to purchase cookies and things like that. Um, but yeah, the cooking show is going to be 
awesome. I, I don't feel like I can tell you enough, anything about it yet just because we have so many different ideas kind of bouncing around. Um, but it's going to be cooking and then also a lot more kind of Martha Stewart kind of things, you know, crafts or how to do things, how to throw a great party. It used to be a wedding planner. So I have a lot of knowledge about that. Um, but I want it to be a little bit more laid back and a little bit more relatable to somebody who might not necessarily have those skills because it's not about being perfect. It's about having fun. It's about creating the experience for your family and your friends. So I want it to very much be that. And I'm not perfect. So if we make a mistake, we'll probably keep it in there because I need you to know as somebody who watches or follows or, you know, likes what it is that we do, that it's not about perfection. It's about loving other people. Perfection gets you, doesn't it? Oh my God, all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of been the, the thing that I have, you know, kind of run the business on so far as far as like every cinnamon roll must be perfect and everything must be perfect. But, uh, you know, it, it's, um, and I think that's probably what has helped win us awards and everything else like that. But I'm learning that it's not necessarily about the perfectionism. It's about the relationship with people that matters so much more. Entrepreneurs are probably listening to this. And all they want to know about is scaling. How are you going to scale this business? Because you guys got a pretty good way of scaling this without it really being a detriment to your health. Yes. The, uh, the cookies um, have really taken off. We have um, had actually quite a lot of wholesale accounts that have been really interested in what we've been doing specifically with the cookies. But um, yeah, we, I, I, can, I have a staff of people who already are working for us that can do the cookies. They are substantially less work to create than the uh, yeast spreads. So we will be able to scale and be able to offer cookies locally to people. So you can still go online and order them and then we will deliver them to you. Uh, and you can, if you don't live in Spring Hill and you, or even in middle Tennessee and you want the cookies, if you live in Alaska or Maine or Florida or California or Hawaii or wherever, as long as you get USPS, we will send you cookies. Um, so you'll be able to go online and go do that. Uh, but yeah, the wholesale stuff too. We've had a, the, the wholesale customers have been just amazing wanting so everyone from local coffee shops have wanted our products to big hotel companies and grocery stores and um really high-end restaurants in nashville that are like yeah we want your products because they're good so that makes me feel really good that it's not just a heart thing it's that people are saying no you sell a legit product we need it and you can sleep till when 7 a.m oh my 8 a.m now that's what? like well, that would be me living in the lap of luxury for me to be able to sleep pretty much any time after 6 a.m. Yeah. What was your schedule like? Um, started the day usually, well, first I would probably wake up somewhere between midnight and one, freaking out that I was not going to wake up for my alarm. And then sleep for another 45 minutes or so, get up at about two or three, depending on what my schedule was like that day, usually at work between three or four. And then go, go, go until 7.30 when the doors opened. And then after that, bake whatever else was left, clean for the day, go home, talk about the business stuff that we needed to do. Usually during all of that, we were also doing social media stuff because my point of view is different than, you know, what people in the front are seeing. So it was just, it was crazy. And then I might have had breakfast sometime afternoon. So waking up after, or waking up at two in the morning and then not eating until 
noon or later is not not really that healthy. Anybody listening to this and hearing this schedule knows that that's not sustainable. Why did you keep doing it? Because, oh God, that's a loaded question. Um, I did it because I love what I do. I did it because I felt like if I didn't, I would be letting people down. I felt like if I didn't continue doing that, that I would lose my identity as the bread lady, that I wasn't going to be who I am anymore. But in reality, that's not the case. Um, That I could create a different version of Spring Hill Bakery that is sustainable to me and my family and my business and the customers even. So while it looks different, it's okay. And if you were one of the people that got to have one of our cinnamon rolls, consider yourself lucky. I mean, you were one of the, you were one of the, well, I guess thousands, but still you were one of the few that, that got to enjoy them the way that we made them. So, you know. Well, we're super proud of you all. And we're not going to stop this interview until you tell us about the person who saved the day on Saturday for you all, your last day of operation. Yes. Tell which, us about that. Which that was a real, that was a highly emotional day. There were a lot of little snippets in there that were really fun. I played the accordion. It was great. Um, but, um, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you played the accordion. I did. Yes. We, we had, we sold more than a thousand cinnamon rolls on Saturday. We had a line for Jeez. hours out the door and around the building. It was crazy. I've never felt so loved in my whole life. But everyone who was in this in the store, we, we had a line outside. We had a doorman even. But everyone who was waiting in the store for those timers to go off so that we could pull the cinnamon rolls out and serve them just hot out of the oven, they were saying like, "Oh my God, how long do we have to wait?" Which it was maybe ten minutes. And so I'm like, you know what? I feel like we need a floor show. I keep uh, I keep an accordion at the bakery for those who I feel like would get a, get a kick out of hearing "Happy Birthday" on the accordion. Um, but I played the only other song I know, which is La Vie en Rose. And it just was kind of, a, it, it was, it was, it was a spur of the moment kind of thing. Um, it's just, I, I learned it just for fun and I thought it would just brighten some people's day. And you were able to do that because of somebody. And who was the somebody who came in and just oh, kind of yeah. rescued the situation for you? So you could actually spend time with the people who have supported you for so long. Well, my uh, former manager, Jen, um, was the one who who texted us earlier in the week, and she asked us if she could come in and um, bake with us on the last day. Uh, and so she did. And when I got the text message, immediately burst into tears because I was so tired and so just completely worn out. And by that point, I'd already rolled hundreds of cinnamon rolls that day. So to be able to have that on the last day, to be able to hug all of the customers and just sort of, you know, reassure them that we weren't going anywhere. It was absolutely priceless. So there are not words to describe exactly how grateful I am to her for that. And she didn't leave because of anything other than she wanted to spend more time with her family and her, you know, her second job was offering her a lot more money, but she was very sad to leave us. And, you know, I I think that, that, that says a lot about, about, you know, just kind of our relationship and, you know, friendship and everything like that. So thank you, Jen. That was awesome. That is awesome. And if people want to, and they do, I know they do, they're going to want to follow this journey. How do they follow you? 
Um, you can follow us on our websites, plural. Um, it'll be springhillbakery.com. Also, breadlady.tv. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us still on our Facebook page, uh, the Spring Hill Bakery Facebook page, and then I also have a Bread Lady Facebook page. And if that isn't enough for you, Instagram probably will be your best bet as far as if you want to see like awesome food pictures or kind of where we are in the process. So the at Spring Hill Bakery on Instagram and at Bread Lady TV. Sarah Gonzalez, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. It was. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. All right, everybody, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Big Three. And I'm with Carrie Price uh, from Price Sells Homes. She also happens to be my wife. Today, we are going to talk about our top three favorite things to do during the fall months here in the area. Yes, yes. And since you're the guest, you get to go first. Oh, okay. Let's see. Because I have an 11-year-old, you know, I always get Road tripping with Ava. (laughs) I always get excited about taking her to um, the family farms. And so probably my number one fun thing to do with her is to go to Lucky Lad Farms and spend half a day on the slides and just doing all the fun things, the go-to coaster. Uh, Love that place. Can she still do the go-to coaster? Totally. I would do it if I could fit in the space. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that cool slide, too. Oh, the slide is awesome. I do the slide. That's really all you need. Yeah. Just a potato sack and the slide. Yeah, they're not paying for us to talk about them, but it's a really cool place to go. It is. All right, so one of my favorite things to do, and I'm not getting paid for this either, but it is Miller's Thrillers out there. I guess it's Columbia, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you go on that back road, and then you see the big spotlights in the air, so uh, you know you're in... A, you're in thrill zone and they do a really good job. It's very family friendly, nothing too scary. And Ava and I went last year by ourselves and our buddy, you know, Chris Davis, yes. CD's barbecue, Yum. best barbecue in the world. And uh, he was out there. He works that. Uh, well, he, I don't know if he's working there this year, but he was working there last year with the paintball, mm-hmm. the zombie paintball. And uh, so we had a good time catching up with him and, and uh, nailing some zombies. Ava loved it. Yeah, she had such a good time. So did I. And it was good. It was, And they do such a good job. And it is really family friendly. There was nothing in there that was objectionable that I saw. We didn't go to the haunted house, though. I don't know what was going on in there. <laughs> but there was no way Ava was going in there. So, all right. So what's your second favorite thing? Gosh, uh, second favorite thing would probably be um, fall decorating. So... Uh, Every September, really in August, as soon as is a uh, white barn and uh, places like that, Yankee Candle start coming out with all of their. They're coming um, to Spring Hill. Did you hear that? Really? Yeah, uh, I think we're uh, Bed Bath and is it Bed Bath and Beyond? Yes, you're right. Yeah, you so, are right. Awesome. Th- are they here yet? I don't know. We need to do a drive by. Yeah, we'll drive by. <laughs> we can get through that traffic circle. <laughs> so I do love uh, all the the fall candles um, and. Today was the first day that I actually burned one, a pumpkin spice candle. But yeah, I get out my fall pillows. Um, I start bringing in, you know, flowers and pumpkins and gourds. And if you ever come to our house in the fall, you'll notice that I have kind of a, a hoarding problem when it comes to um, gourds and pumpkins. And uh, what would what would I be, a gourd hoard? <laughs> <laughs> a gourder. You're a, a gourder. gourder. <laughs> I have one of those on my foot by one time, remember? 
on those borders? Ew. Oh, yeah. Gross. Anyway. Took some, got some of that acid, took it right off. No problem. <laughs> From my mailbox to my front steps to the front porch, I just loaded up with mums, pumpkins, and gourds and whatnot. And it just, I love it. And uh, so that's one of my favorite things about the fall is decorating. Okay. All right. So another one of my favorite things to do is photograph the area. That's, you know, I, I like to just uh, get in the car and just drive and find places to park and take some beautiful pictures and then post them on Facebook and let people share them or do whatever they want to with them, make calendars out of them. I'm, I'm not Mr. Copyright guy, you know, just if you see one and you want to share it, if you want to print it, do it. I don't care. They're for you. If, I, if it's on Facebook, it's for you, kids. Okay. And for number three... This is hard. I would say, um, you know, I'm all into festivals and uh, fall festivals. You know, I like the the farms, family farms. So probably Pumpkin Fest in Franklin would be mm-hmm. my number three thing to do. Um, again, I do it with Ava and you, and it's just a fun family event. And, uh, you know, the kids get to dress up. And, you know, Franklin does such a good job with all of their, their festivals. It's just incredible. So that would be my, my number three. My number three... My final favorite thing to do during the fall. Let's hear it. Watching the Braves win the World Series. And while you're doing that, I'm watching Real Housewives of something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm upstairs. You're downstairs. And that's I've why got... we got a two-story house. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the top three. Well, hold on. I oh. have a. Can I have a bonus? Yeah. I need a bonus thing, but this is not really in the area. But I want people to know about it because it's just. To sure. me, when I go here, like fall has begun. Okay. So I'm from Georgia, and um, in Ella J, Georgia, that's Ella J is in, in the North Georgia area. Um, they're known for growing every type of apple in Ella J that you could imagine. And in the middle of October, they have uh, an apple festival. And I kid you not, when you drive into Ella J, um, in early October, the air smells like apples. You just roll your window down, you drive yes. through the rolling hills, and you just stop off at all these little farms where they grow apples, and they have homemade fried apple pies, they've got apple cider, um, and they've got lots of little kind of little mini festivals going on. But the big apple picking festival is happening in the middle of, the. it's like two weeks in the middle of October, and that is, it's really worth a drive down there. It's super special. Uh, it's beautiful. Again, if you're into Apple everything, go there. It's cool. They're pretty hardcore. Ew. All right. Well, that's the big three and a bonus item. Yes. All right. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks Appreciate for it. having me. All right. And that is Carrie Price from Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That number again is 615-497-3317. And of course, if you're driving along and you don't have a pen and paper, look for that in the show notes. All right. That just about does it for this show. I want to thank Sarah Gonzalez from the Spring Hill Bakery for being with us, Carrie Price and Chris Yao, and of course you, the listening audience, for taking this little ride with me. All right. Until next time, have a great one. You've been listening to Price's Highway, a Steve Price totally terrible podcast production. 